Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. A brand new episode. I'm Scott Eckert. I'm Ellie Kemper. Here on Born to Love, (laughs) we talk about things we love. Scott, I'm excited. I I don't like to, I don't want to alienate any guests who have been on, on our show or any future guests who have yet to come. But I'm not mad at the episodes when it's just you and me. Oh, <laughs> it's a Scott and Ellie special. As, Ellie Scott special. Yes, um, Yeah, so normally we'd be on a celebrity guest, comedian of some sort, to talk about what they love. Not but always comedians. This week it's just us. Yeah, it's Today just it's us. A, no, no. <laughs> and it's not so it's celebrities or comedians or people, persons of interest. Or uh, we've had athletes. We've had Religious figures. We've had mm-hmm. art professors curators, of various professors. Kinds. We've had deep mm-hmm. sea divers. We've had teachers. It's so funny you doctors. said deep sea divers. I was thinking deep sea divers That's in my head weird. the moment that you said it. Probably because yeah, we've had reading. so many. Anyway, but today <laughs> it's just us. So today it's a special countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a special countdown. Pull up to the couch or pull up to the fire. Get cozy because we're going to talk about. Our favorite things from the year 2008. 2008. We're born to love 2008. Yes. A seminal year. We chose this before I fully appreciated what a big deal 2008 was. I know. And then I did some research for the episode and it's like, wow, it may be one of the most exciting years in recent memory, Ellie. It was actually a crazy year. And you could look back on many years and say, that was a crazy year. But this year, so much happened, both good and bad. Um, But of course, we're Mm going to focus on the things that we loved about it. But uh, okay, first of all, well, you had... Scott, in the world, okay, let's just say it, get it out of the way. There was a financial crisis, okay? That global was going financial on. Crisis. A global financial A little crisis. something called the Great Recession started. Presidential election, a big one. Mm, huge one. Obama, McCain. Obama, um, McCain. I guess you want to know a secret, Ellie? Yeah. I thought they're both cool guys. 
I would like a little more of that. Don't I like di- them both. Don't disagree. You're not. If you're looking for someone to argue with you, you're not going to find it here. Get get that deep oh. sea diver back on. <laughs> um, also, whoa, whoa, technological breakthroughs left and right in 2008. Ellie, I think the 2008 was the year I got an iPhone. I think it came out in 2007. I got one, I think, in 2008. Oh, wow. You waited that long. Sorry, judgy, judgy. I'm not a first. I'm not a first generation iPhone person. I'm not. I'm not fancy I, enough to get a b- 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 iPhone version one. I feel like I did, but I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure I'm wrong. I, I, that's that's. I'm I'm misremembering history there. Okay, but yes, the iPhone. Just to like give everybody some background, that's how new the iPhone was. Scott and I don't mm-hmm. remember. Well, Scott remembers he got one then. Mad Men was then. coming. Mad Men was huge. Breaking Bad was huge. Airbnb was just emerging as a place to stay away from home. Airbnb, now a verb. No one had ever heard of it in 2008. That's when it came out. So we're going to go through a countdown style. Uh, Ellie and I have picked uh, the three things that we most love about 2008. I'm going to kick off the countdown with something I love from 2008. And, And Scott, as I was researching 2008 as well, it really does occur to, it strikes you like, wow, some of our favorite artists today, not that artists should ever have a, you know, short artistic lifespan, like that they they should keep reinventing themselves and creating new. I was struck by the musicians, actors, artists, performers. I mean, 2008 isn't that long ago. On the other hand, it's a lifetime ago. And so many of our current performers were huge then too. So I'm an artist. So there you go. One prime example of that is my... Number six in the countdown, uh, things I loved in of we that we both loved in 2008. I am Sasha Fierce. The album by Beyonce. Ooh, it's the year Beyonce. Beyonce. What? That was the year that album was released. I love that album. I still do. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the idea behind I am dot 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 ellipses. Sasha Fierce is that the- Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce, of course, is Beyonce's onstage persona that she becomes when she is performing. There are two discs. It's her alter ego. Alter ego. Mm-hmm. There are two discs to this album. I am. Were they? Were they? They were still selling them as discs back then. Yeah, you know it. So the first disc was called I Am, and the second disc was called Sasha Fierce. Now, I don't know if everybody knows. I'm serious. So I didn't I didn't know that. That's what I'm telling you. The first disc is the more contemplative, soul-searching, introspective piece. The second mm-hmm. disc is Sasha Fierce. So there's gonna be a lot of dancing and it's just out. dances. Yeah. Can I can I so so look, as longtime listeners of the podcast may or may not know, Scott Eckerd hates music. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. Let's just say I'm not a big aficionado of music. But I do know Beyonce, love her. Um, I've heard of this album for sure. Is this all the single ladies? Is it on this particular? Single ladies is the first track of Sasha Fierce. Yeah. So you know that's going to kick things off. All time great yeah. for me. That's, I love it. And yeah. that dance, that black and white dance. Oh, they that did, video was everybody iconic. Was the shifting. I don't even know how you do it. It's like shift, 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 shift. You mean in the your, video? In the video. Millions yeah, of shifts the, per second. Yeah. I mean, yeah, go and look all, it up. And the go dance, on. and what's so groundbreaking about that, I'm not a video producer or anything close to that, but or choreographer, but it's it was so simple. But you are a dancer. Yes. And I'm a, <laughs> and do you know what I am? A fan. 
So I can appreciate, I know what I like and I like what I know. And what I know is that that was a fantastic album. Front to back, cover to cover. Oh, well, of course, the, I don't know if I want to say career-defining hit, Halo. I love Halo. Halo. I oh, love my Halo. Gosh. I will cry to Halo. Ave Ooh, Maria. Halo Smash into you. Halo's beautiful. Um, Ave Maria is part of Halo? Ave Maria is another track. It's oh, separate. Ave Maria is a separate, because I only... Ave Maria. <laughs> Sorry, I, I think that... She doesn't sing Ave Maria on Sasha Fierce, does she? She sings it on the I Am disc. I she am. She sings it on I the Am disc. It's, it's Beyonce. Does she like put any spin on the ball, or is it just her singing Ave Maria? Spin on the ball. I mean, she's Beyonce. Spin goes on every ball. Oh, But she... Oh, <laughs> those single ladies! <laughs> She's fantastic. No, I genuinely love her. Yeah, She's I great. love her. I love her front to back, cover to cover. I don't know why I keep describing everything as that, but she's fantastic. She's a hard, I mean, I, I, you never want to describe someone as hardworking. That sounds like an uncompliment. Like, oh, they're nice. It's like, well, everyone's nice and like hardworking. Okay. But is she, is there any harder working person in, in show business or in business? She's just like, Gets after it. Anyway, I love no, her. She's the queen. I love she's that. The- I love that album. She's the queen. Scott. On to you. What do we have for number five? On to me. I mean, I've got a king. A king is my number five on the countdown. One of the things I most love about 2008 was Michael Phelps in the Summer Olympics. Do you remember Michael Phelps, Ellie? Scott, of course. I. I this is so funny to me because I have a swimming story for you. Okay, Michael Phelps. Of course I remember Michael uh, Phelps. Michael Phelps, Olympian. those of you who don't remember 2008, greatest Olympian of all time. Mm-hmm. He's tall. He's strong. He's average looking in, in a way that I respect, right? I don't like Adonis's, okay? Oh, I know. Ryan Lochte or whatever. Oh, right. Too sexy. Right. Was he the Michael same year? Michael Phelps. Yeah. Might, yeah, I think that they were friends or frenemies. Yeah. I don't know. Michael Phelps, good looking man, but not in an intimidating way. The only way he was intimidating was when he was swimming in an Olympic sized swimming pool and winning gold medals. Yep. He won more of them than anyone ever. And here's, here's, I want to hear your swimming story. We, we've talked about some athletics on this podcast before, so I'll keep it brief. I don't really much care about most most athletic competitions. Right. The little like music. But when the Olympics roll around, they grab my attention for about a week and a half. Yeah, Scott, I'm there. And, yeah. And in that week and a half, I'm all in. Okay. When it's, you know, women's gymnastics or something, couldn't don't I the day before the Olympics start, I don't know the name of a single women's gymnast. By the time they've gotten to the like whatever, the finals, I know them all. I have strong opinions about them. I get very upset at the judges. But there's not, a, there's no one on earth who's better at knowing when someone stuck the landing than me. I, I just, I'm like, bam, she stuck the landing, right? And Absolutely. Now swimming, I know even less about butterfly. Would I? I'm, I doubt that I could recognize the butterfly stroke. But man, I love to watch. I love to watch Michael Phelps swim, and I love to watch him win now what's your swimming story well listen first of all i concur on all of that like i i too i don't i mean who's following gymnastics sorry to all of our gymnasts but outside of the olympics not a lot of people swimming same all of the track and field i'm not paying that much i'm not paying that close attention when the olympics comes out i have nothing but olympic fever i love it uh it, it was beijing right 
the 2008 Olympics. I think they were I think Beijing. that's right. I think Summer that's Olympics, right. Summer Olympics, sorry, always better than the Winter Olympics. They just are. They just, they just are. Okay, so I love the Summer Olympics, too. I also loved Michael Phelps and the – he sort of like, you know, um, I, I like that he was – how do I say it without insulting? Plain looking as well, because he repre- <laughs> we're really focused on this in a bad way. I, I, no, because I he was Phelps, relatable. Sorry. He was relatable in so many ways, except for the fact that he was an Olympian and like swam faster than most people. I don't know, do anything. So that was incredible. My my my, I built up the swim story. It's yeah, I fun. can't wait to hear. No, it we, has we, to do we, with you been swimming. Holding us hanging. Oh my it, gosh. It, 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 Wait, wait, what did you say? The story has to do with me swimming? It is you swimming. (laughs) The story is that you, one of the times I first met you, Scott, you showed a video. I don't know why we were all showing videos of ourselves, right? We were, we, Scott and I were in an improv group together and we, there was a show where we all showed home videos of ourselves and Scott chose a swim video I can't believe you. Uh, I, I had forgotten that, well, and I regret you're bringing it up. I said we all showed like funny, charming videos of ourselves in our younger years, and I showed one of like a video I had made in high school where I was like very silly, jumping into a pool yeah. or something, and it was violently unfunny. It, it was, was there was nothing charming about it. <laughs> and I remember thinking like. Scott, I remember thinking it wasn't as funny as you are. So I thought, why did he cho- I am choose? I so ashamed. Why are no. you bringing this up? I had You're to take you down a peg because I had to take you down a peg. Oh, no, no, man. no, 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 no. Scott, it was a charming <laughs> video. And when you said Michael Phelps, I thought, oh, my gosh, how funny. Because I have such a closely related memory of Scott to like that has to do with swimming. And it's so funny that you chose <sighs> Michael Phelps. But in any case, who doesn't love a hero? <laughs> By the way, whenever you think of all-American like the term all-American hero when it comes to Olympians. I always think of that McDonald's. Like during the Olympics, you know, they always do like an all-American or they used to do an all-American meal. Do you remember that? And they would, they would to promote the Olympics. I think. I mean, did. it is because everyone knows that Olympians eat exactly. happy meals. That's why it's so right? funny. They're it's gorging like, themselves. Yeah, yeah, nothing but fries. <laughs> Scott, we loved Michael Phelps. He was a great part of 2008. We love the Beijing Olympics. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Okay, you guys, number four on the countdown. It's my turn. One of the things I loved about 2008, I don't know if you remember this, Scott, John McCain was caught lying to David Letterman. Do you remember this? What? <gasps> no, I don't oh, remember this at this all. This was iconic. Okay, and I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting in my at my friend's apartment in Los Angeles where I was staying because I was there during that period for two weeks. This was during the John McCain, Barack Obama election, right? And he was supposed to be on Letterman, make an appearance on Letterman. He was a guest on Letterman. And like two hours before the show tapes, he calls Letterman himself and he says, I'm so sorry. I'm suspending my campaign. I won't be able to appear on your show tonight. I'm getting back to Washington to fix the economy. Okay? Letterman, being like a reasonable person, believes the senator, uh, says, okay, sure, yep, got it. Okay, great. They get Keith Olbermann to step in. Meanwhile, I think it's mid-show. It's mid-taping. Some of the producers on Letterman look up from their, you know, keyboards and editing tools They look up to see a live feed (laughs) of John McCain on a Katie Couric show. He's a couple blocks away. John McCain is not only not headed to Washington, he is taping a show with Katie Couric, an exclusive interview with Katie Couric. What? Yes. So he lied to Letterman's face. Letterman finds this out before Olbermann uh, is on the show. He finds this out mid-taping. He's like, excuse me. He's like, wait a second. You know, in fact, it turns out, well, you guys should all YouTube this so that I'm not, I don't want to like butcher the uh, impressions or whatever. Can we, we, we want, we want to hear the impressions. So it's Letterman and Keith Olbermann. Yeah. Right. But but I think even before that, Letterman's at the desk saying, um, in fact, we've just like gotten word that he's not headed back to Washington. In fact, he's taping something with Katie Couric right now. And this is why I can't do it justice because Letterman's a genius. And the back and forth between him and Paul Schaefer about John McCain getting caught lying to him. And, and here's the thing. He's deeply respectful of John McCain. He's a war hero. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's a, mm-hmm. and so, and, yes. and, 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 and 
fully, fully honors that. While at the same time, as the British say, taking the piss out or on, what is the expression? I don't think it's taking the piss on. It should be. It should be. (laughs) He's definitely making fun of uh, uh, John McCain for being a little bit of a rat and totally lying, bailing and lying to him. And Letterman keeps this going for like weeks talking about how McCain bailed on Letterman and lied to his face. It is, but here's the thing. What I loved about that whole thing, nobody is funnier than David Letterman, of course. And so like his, his, it was so, it was like so bizarrely scandalous. And like, was John McCain losing his mind? Because did he think that nobody would notice that he was taping something down the street the very moment he also he canceled on David Letterman and why would he lie to Letterman I mean the whole thing I is I mean it psychotic. seems it seems like he was done a disservice by his team that's my guess oh, there were yes, some fools Scott, in the McCain yeah. camp and let me say you one person that I would under no circumstances want to stand up is David Letterman because <gasps> he's so beloved yep. and he's so I I don't I I I haven't seen that clip or at least I don't remember it I bet that he skewered yeah. John McCain in a in a in a in a nice, funny, respectful and that's way. Of he, course, he, he strikes the perfect balance. He says, so during the show, he orders the control room to cut to the live feed of McCain and Corrick, okay? <laughs> and then, of course, I this is why I don't want to do an impression. Because Letterman says All I want to do is I want I really just want to hear your impressions. He, uh, doesn't seem to be racing back to the airport, does he? Is that does, a, he that's my, does he Paul? Oh, does he Paul? Ah, <laughs> oh, the airport. He's racing back. Oh, you got to go fast to the airport. That's me doing my impression. Anyway, that was, I, I guess you don't remember that at all. And I'm, it was like one of my, it was such a delight to watch. I love David Letterman. I also like John McCain. I mean, the whole thing was, you know, a mess. I, they eventually made up. It was fine. But it was true entertainment. You know what I like, you know what I like best about that is that that was... That was the scandal. I know. <laughs> what oh. a gentle scandal we had. Oh my. <laughs> it was simpler times back in 2008 when when the scandal the scandal was oh uh, gosh, you know a candidate Bail- tells a look- fib to a late night talk show host about his schedule. And I remember what I Scott watching it just jaw dropped. Like I can't believe. Well, this in is fairness, happening. you I mean, you you are a jaw dropper. Right, it, 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 especially when it comes to Letterman, yeah. someone someone stands up, Letterman, go, yeah, like true. a Looney Tune, yeah. like eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I mean, you did you've, you've carried it with you for fifteen years now. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> the shock and amazement has echoed through the decades. What a what a cute little uh, scandal compared to now. I have something that I love yes. about uh, about 2008 that, that Ellie, I also, I'm not sure you'll remember this one. It's a movie called The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Batman movie. Heath Ledger as mm-hmm. the Joker. Mm-hmm. Tragic, tragic uh, passing of Heath Ledger sort of cast a pall over this film that many consider to be the greatest superhero movie ever made. Yeah. Ellie, did you see it? Did you see The Dark Knight? Are you ready to be shocked? I am ready to be shocked because my guess is you hadn't seen it. Saw it in the theater. What? Saw it. What'd in, you think? Saw it. What? 
did you I li- think? I liked it fine. You know that I liked it fine. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I could take it or leave it. Scott, it's lost on me. Pearls before swine. Yeah, pearls before swine. I mean, it's just don't, sorry. Go, talk what does about, that mean? It means, I don't know what pearls before swine means. I'm sure you do. It's putting, it's I know some, lipstick on a pig. That's a Sarah Palinism. I, I've never understood lipstick on a pig. She said it, someone got upset. She who's putting lipstick on which pig? I don't even remember to tell yeah. you the truth. But or, pearls before swine seems similar. But the pearls what before does it swine mean? is it's uh, it's it's wonderful art cast before somebody who has who is a cretin. It's like oh, I, see. I have no appreciation yes. of it. So pearls before mm-hmm. swine. I have no doubt that the Dark Knight is a work of art, but it's lost on this caveman me. I just have to tell you something really fast, which is that the reason it left such an impression on me is not the movie itself, but because I saw it with Michael Komen, my then boyfriend, and he cried during it. He sobbed. Is it a movie? That's piece? because you're that's because you're married to a real man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the the end of the Dark Knight, just for those of you who may have forgotten the film, just skip ahead like 25 minutes if if you haven't seen it, you don't want to be spoiled because I'm gonna spend that long <laughs> pitching it. That's a joke. I'll I'll be brief. At the end, Harvey Dent, Two Face, the hero of Gotham, has died. And he's disgraced himself by turning into a madman and the police are going to find out. And Commissioner Gordon realizes it's going to be a catastrophe. The city of Gotham is going to lose faith in its hero. And then Batman agrees to take the fall. And he agrees to, to basically allow himself to take the blame for all of these horrific crimes that Harvey Dent has, has, um, has committed. And Commissioner Gordon says, you can't do that. You're a hero. And Batman says, I'm whatever Gotham needs me to be. And then he runs. And Batman, horribly, horribly wounded at this point. And there are cops that are chasing. And they release dogs. And dogs, Rottweiler dogs, are chasing after a wounded Batman. And as he's hobbling, hobbling away, and these dogs are running after him, Commissioner Gordon explains to his his young son that Batman's just saved. He explains that, that they have to hunt him. Because Batman can take it. Because he's not a hero. He's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. A dark knight. And in that moment, Batman's on his bat cycle and he zooms off. And then the, the title of the film lands, The Dark Knight. And it's like one of the best endings to a movie ever. It not only contains the title of the movie in the movie, it is the last line of the movie. And boy, oh boy, it's a hammer blow to pretty much everyone with a heart. So I'm not surprised at all that um, that Michael Komen was moved by it. I can't believe this year. I mean, Michael Phelps, you're naming two, like, really sort of items with a global reach. Michael Phelps, The Dark Knight. Like, if you're looking for people with impact, look no further than the two things you're talking about. I mean, The Dark Knight. Barack Obama. Well, John McCain, McCain. David like, these Letterman. are these are why people with a wide, far reach. Beyonce, the people that w- without intending to, the people that have come up in this <laughs> podcast, this celebratory conversation yeah, about two thousand and eight, yeah. Barack Obama, Batman, Michael Phelps, Beyonce, and David Letterman. Like those, so, those five should be on the the Mount Rushmore. I know of they should. Awesome American badasses. Yes, that's it. But Scott, that's <laughs> that's the end of the movie. That quote, what you just said, because that's absolutely right. So top that, Ellie. I dare you. What's what's item number two on the countdown? I think your last one. 
It's my last one, but it's a personal one. So it's not going to top the, it's not going to make the Rushmore mountain carving, but it is going to make me happy to remember it. It was my Upper West Side sublet. Now, Scott. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Upper West Side sublet. So, Scott, here's why I loved it so much. It was, um, it was the first apartment I had. Now, Scott and I lived together, so I don't want to, I'm not saying I didn't love going home to that apartment, okay? Scott and I mm-hmm. lived with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. roommate Russ Goldman. Russ Goldman. We, we loved going home, but this is what I want to say about this special apartment. It was just me in the apartment. It was a sublet from uh, the, the, the owner's name was Lauren Rott. I hope I can say that. Uh, maybe she's listening. I, you know what? Our lawyers will tell us if you They'll can. Tell us. After the fact. Ask it's for, a good thing. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. That's what I always say. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's famatory. It's not defamatory. No, it's celebratory. It's celebratory because yeah. I loved it mm-hmm. so much. Her apartment, it was my first apartment where um, I felt home. And even though it wasn't mine, it was full of her stuff. It was a, she had left a lot of stuff there. But it felt like I had space to be be myself. And so- To become the person you were born <laughs> to be. If I- <laughs> If I wrote Michelle Obama's right you took out of it right your out. Mouth. You took it right out. <laughs> and it was the first time in my, let's see, I was 28 in 2008. I felt like I was uh, an adult for the first time. Now that might sound sad to everybody. And maybe even it's a little bit embarrassing. But that was when I felt like I had some sort of independence. Because it also coincided with a time where I was booking work. And I felt motivated to accomplish more and to... Stick, keep at it. And so I really like this apartment because not only was it a symbol of my womanhood. Oh, what is she getting into mm-hmm. now? But it was also, don't worry. I, I just meant like as a becoming, but it also. You were blossoming. I was blossoming. And so I felt it was a delayed adolescence maybe. But that I remember because what, and if you would ask me out of the blue, Ellie, what, what did you love about 2008? Sure. Michael Phelps, Barack Obama. Sasha Fierce. Batman. Batman. But I've discovered this as I was as I was really, really reflecting on 2008. I thought, oh, 2008, that was the year. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I just remember that apartment. And, and not so much even, it wasn't the apartment itself. It was just, it was sort of what it stood for. Because I felt like, all right, this is, I made some very concrete decisions to take myself more seriously. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we should have mentioned the context up top. I think that 2008, because of the, the state we were in, that was sort of our prime, right? Absolute like prime. Late 20s, 20s. Operating on all cylinders. That's what right? I said. We're, we got, we're youthful. Yep. We're full of youth, but we've also got enough maturity to, to, to harness that youth. Scott, that's and right. Not long after downhill down just 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 steady you know, decline what, weeping no, on my 30th birthday so family, sad oh everything family frailty frailty you, bones you start are eating aching. start eating dinner at 6 15 everything gets a little sad so you're exactly right scott because you're not making foolish decisions to stay up all night out partying mm-hmm. in the pubs you're <laughs> we lived in britain scott and i did for a while we were always out at the pubs but <laughs> But you're you're exactly right. You're you're on that. You're at the the um, what's the, the pinnacle? You're, I think you're that at I the remember. pinnacle, and you're you're at the apex. 
the apex. I think I remember that apartment, Ellie. Yeah, and you do. I remember how you decorated it. There was one unusual decoration that stuck with me all these years. It was a picture of I my I, I correct me if I'm wrong. It was a a a, a beautiful lady and her family in a nice frame. And one of the first times I visited that apartment, I was like, "Oh, Ellie, who is who is that?" Because I mean, well, we knew we've known each other long enough that that I, I recognize, I think, you know, the members of your family. So I was like, "Who is who is that?" And do you do you remember this frame, Ellie? Yeah, it it was, it was like the picture they sell you at the store, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was, uh, was I a you sociopath? Are, you are, with, with no shame whatsoever, and I'm obviously mocking you for this. Yeah, I know it. You, you were should. like, "Oh no, it's the it's the it's the picture of the family that came in the frame." I mean, what? And it was hung on your wall, I know it and was. I was like, "Why are you like waiting for a picture to replace it?" No. And you were sincerely like, "No, no, I just like, I like the frame and I like the picture." I mean, so it's literally like red flags. Every alarm going. This woman has no soul. Like me. <laughs> like what's wrong? I mean, that was me entering my womanhood. I guess I. <laughs> Placing people, like a family I wish I had on the it wall. It was a vision of a vision of what you wanted. Oh yeah, all the was it aspirational? I don't know. I, I so clearly remember it, and I, I, I'm worried for the, about this young woman. Me, I mean, <laughs> what'd you say? What happened to the frame? Uh, yeah, what happened to the where that picture? If I had lady. to guess, I I still have a storage unit, Manhattan Mini Storage. I bet it's there somewhere in Midtown. I, in I, my I, unit. I, what I hope, what I hope is that eventually, yeah. That 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 <laughs> that sample picture was taken out, thrown away, and replaced by a photo of my, of yourself and your own family. And my maybe. two young boys. <laughs> you, yes. you can keep keep hoping, Scott, because I don't think I ever did that. All right, Scott, that was number two. <laughs> All right, Ellie. My last thing, my my favorite thing about 2008, also a little personal. I think that we're we, we, we can't help but see. No see the world through the lens of our own experience. My favorite thing about 2008 was a kitten. Scott. Little baby kitten. I, I, I maybe need some background. We got to rewind the clock a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I met a woman, fell in love. Her name is Vanessa. We're currently married. I dated her for one year. And right around our one year anniversary, we decided to take the next step. And we moved in together. We moved into our own apartment together. And another year passed and we were still in love. And And Vanessa was starting to get inklings about, well, what's the next step? What's the next step, right? Maybe a ring on my finger. And instead, do you know what I did, Ellie? What? Oh, oh. I got her a kitten. And it was the cutest little kitten that you could possibly imagine. And it was a kitten. It wasn't my cat. It wasn't her cat. It was our cat. So it was like a really nice, it's like, all right, we've already moved in together. Here's the next step. We're sharing a pet. Another year passed. She's got those inklings, Ellie. She's got inklings, right? She's waiting. She's waiting for someone to pop the question. And do you know what I did? I got her another kitten. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so what year is that? Which is the first, is the kitten, is the first kitten, the kitten 2008? 
Kid number two is 2008. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, yeah, well. Now, I think she was grateful for the second kitten. And that kitten is with us today. His name is Donald. All these years later, we love him to death. Um, the problem, though, of course, is that she, while, while appreciating Donald the cat, she was uh, uh, disappointed. Well, right? <laughs> well yeah. She wasn't, ex- she wasn't expecting another kitten. No. <laughs> she was maybe hoping... For a different next step. She was hoping for, yes, an engagement ring. She was a- asking for a proposal, and I, I was kicking the can. So so uh, wise words, any listeners out there considering getting engaged, you can defer it with a pet, but that only works once. It doesn't work uh, two times. <laughs> and did you just say, I'm sorry, what was the name of the cat? The cat's name is Donald. Donald. I didn't realize Donald is still. Yeah, Donald is still still around. My, he lives with my mother. Yeah, a little guy got a little senile in his old age. Meows all the time. I'm glad that he lives with her and not us. We have a new kitten, even cuter than Donald. But you know what? We're not here to talk about that. We're here to nostalgically remember the highs of 2008. And one of my highs was getting this beautiful Aww. kitten, Donald, and then eventually getting engaged to my wife. That happened a little little Did later. Did that but, happen? Uh, I can't remember when you got engaged. It was the year 2008. And nine. <laughs> I love that you got her another kitten. I, it, it, you know what? Just like it was my, I took being single and independent with a fake family to the next level. You took your relationship with Vanessa and and co-ownership of the kitten and, and, and building the eventual human family you would have or prepping for the eventual human family you would have to the next level. And I think that's Well, the that's the thing. thing. See, we've ha- we have two kids now. It was only appropriate that we would have two cats. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yes, so, you have to understand no, how no, to juggle it. You've convinced me, Ellie, that I made the right decision, that yes. I wasn't, you know, afraid of marriage. You I was, afraid you know, of that being sensible. Yes, I, was being I, sensible. I completely agree with me. On that. Well, yes. there's so much to love about 2008, Ellie. I, if you stick around with us, listeners, we're going to play a special round of Love It or Loathe It with other items from 2008, and we're going to have to decide if we love them or if we loathe them. And they're going to be a surprise to us. Our producers are going to spring them on us, so stick around. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. 
It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And we're back. <laughs> we're back for Born to Love. More Born to Love. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for sticking around. I'm Scott Eckert. I'm Ellie With Kemper. Me is, is Ellie Kemper. <laughs> We're going to play a game called Love It or Loathe It. Ellie, how does this game work? This game works like this. We're going to lob items at each other. We don't know which is who. So we're going to always be surprised by the item our partner has lobbed at us. And by the way, after they lob that item at us, we're going to respond with a love of that item or a loathe of that item. Let me be clear. There's no in-between, Scott. You can be like, yeah, I kind of like it. I don't really love that. It's love it or loathe it. No equivocating. All right, Ellie, do you want to go first or should I I'm go gonna, first? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a whopper of a lob to you. Ooh, okay. Scott, love it. 2008. 2008 was what we talked about all episode long. Love it mm-hmm. or loathe it, Katy Perry. Love unabashed love. Now, I, I got to tell you, I love Beyonce probably more, but like... It's tough. Yeah. It's real tough. Yeah. I remember I went on a birthday uh, trip up to my friend's little cabin in Massachusetts, and we played a playlist of one for the for half the car ride. And it was, it's hot and it's cold. <laughs> and now I'm messing it up. But I loved that song. And, and we listened to it, I, I'm not exaggerating, probably 30 minutes straight um, until my friend who was driving and actually has better taste in music than I do literally whispered under his breath, let's turn this off. <laughs> well, yeah. And I so- love Katy Perry. Another thing I love about her, I think that this was later in life, but she got married to, what was that actor, the British guy, Russell, Russell oh, Brand. Right. And then he like caused a mini scandal because like he did something where she was sleeping and he woke her up and he was like, hey, Katy, hey, Katy, wake up. And then he took a picture of her and then he posted it and it was like, I don't know, kind of an unflattering picture because she had just woken up and then all these people were up in arms and oh, you know, she doesn't look like she does with men makeup on or it was so horrible for him to post this picture but I love her I'm now trying to connect those things but just like seeing her normal without makeup and seeing not just without makeup oh. but just like raw. I don't know just like oh yeah, very yeah, yeah. raw yeah I was just like oh Katy Perry is the best oh my your love for her is deep. huge love yeah. 
Ellie. Yeah. I've got one for you. Okay. Picked by the producers. It's another music one. Viva la vida by Coldplay. We all know that hit, that smash hit, Viva la vida. Love. Well, how does it go? Because as soon as I saw it, I was like, la vida loca. I don't know. Ricky I, I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> and I was prepared with an answer. But you're not talking about that one. All I know is it's part of the bum, bum, bum. I know that song. Also, also love it. I love that whole album. I don't, I I don't necessarily, is that the name of the album? I think it's the album. I think it's, uh, it was one of Grammy. I love it. It's, yeah, and here's the thing. So I don't know, like on an artistic level, if it's actually good. I love, all I know is how it makes me feel. And it makes me feel like I've been reborn. So I love everything. Love, love, love. You're living the life. Viva la viva. Yeah, I'm viva. I think that's what it means. Yeah, I think it does too. But I did think you were going to say the Ricky Martin song, but I love that song. Love, love, uh, love. Okay, I mean, or that album. I don't know what it is. I just, I, I know that it's all the same, under the same umbrella. Scott, love it or loathe it. You'll remember we were talking about Michael Phelps earlier and swimming. I do remember that. Yeah, just love, moments ago. Love it or loathe it. Cupping. Do you know what that is? Mm, what is cupping? Swimmers do it. It is uh it's like oh, supposed loathe. to help. With I know your, what it is. And they like put and, on it, your and back, it's like so circles. Yeah, circles. and then you see a little circles. Loathe. Freaks Why? me out. Freaks me out. My sister-in-law does that sometimes. And I've, you know, if it's for medicinal stuff, I mean, I, you know, everybody needs the therapy that they need, but I ooh, I find it. I find it physically yeah. a little revolting. Yeah, How about I, you, Allie? What do you, what's, where, where do you land on cupping? We've never done this before. Lobbed it back, but I loathe it too. Okay, good. We're, we're on the same page. Yeah, it's weird. Fantastic. Let me give you another one, okay. Ellie. Love it or loathe it. Gossip Girl. You know what? Now I feel... Totally ignorant. Now, now I feel... You gotta, I know, I know. And I hate it when... I don't hate it, but sometimes when our guests are like, oh, I've never seen... I'll follow the rules. Loathe it. Loathe it. All right. So you've never seen it. Here's here's here's, here's a little, little secret. I've never seen it either. Loathe. Loathe. Do you right? know what Gossip Girl? Loathe. You know what? I was in my prime in 2008. We I was both too were. old for Gossip yeah, Girl. I was too. And here's my my true opinion. I we, you guys are well aware of how old I am. Gossip Girl. Poor man's 90210. Oh, absolutely. Poor man's. Uh, OC, the OC. Both of us have never seen it. You give me some 90210, you give me some of the OC, ah, I'll eat it right up. Gobble it up. Those rich teens getting into sh- and having sex with each other. They did, it be- they did it better when I was young. By the time I was, you know, by the time I was 2008 and Gossip Girls, rich teens having sex with each other, no longer interested. It passed its shelf life, expired. Done. And also, Scott, <laughs> yes? it took place in New York. The two, I know. The two shows you cited, 90210, obviously, Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and The O.C., mm-hmm. obviously, Orange County. This one they took us to New York, and we didn't. We weren't into it. All right, no, low. I was living on the mean yeah, streets yeah. of New York. Yeah, you didn't York. need a show to dramatize it. No, I didn't need some fancy rich teen no. who never rides the subway. Well, that's it. I mean— I was taking the F train every day. <laughs> it's tough when we've not seen this stuff. Maybe it's it makes great. It a little I should give harder it a that chance. we haven't seen I an episode. I should give it a chance, I love honestly. It. I love it. Scott, right. love it or loathe it. Yeah, oh, wait, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Scott, love it or loathe it. 
Mm-hmm. Twilight. Ooh, love. Story oh, really? about vampires? Yeah. Yep. You love a vampire story? <laughs> it's, you know, everything I just said about Gossip Girl, I'm now exposed <laughs> as a liar. Because, because it, like, Twilight is young teens having soapy sex with each other, except one of them's a vampire. And I'm here for it. Sign me up. I'm into it. I've never, I, seen, I've never seen it. Well, you know what it's about. It's about a girl who falls in love with a sexy vampire, right? Yeah. Yes, that's what it's about. Seen the movie, read the book. I was on that train for sure. Did you see the movie in 2008? Mm, I don't know. I don't remember exactly when it came out. I assume it came out in 2008 because it's on our list. I did see the movie when it came out and I had already read the book. You give me any kind of dorky world building stuff. Yeah. I I can't help myself get into it. My daughter was watching the like new My Little Pony and I found myself being like, wait a minute. So what are the rules of Equestria? Like, <laughs> so what kinds of flavors of magic are there? I'm a sucker for it. So when that Twilight came out and it was a young girl's romance with a vampire who's been living in a coven for hundreds of years, I was like, I think I'm interested in yeah, this. Yeah, well, of course you, of course you were. Mm-hmm. What, 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 I guess this is a tradition, lobbing it right back at you. Twilight, what do you think? <laughs> oh, I've never seen it, so I guess I loathe it. I mean, I, apparently it's like if I haven't seen something, I automatically loathe it. I guess it's innocent, well, innocent you may not of have love seen until it for a guilty. reason, right? Yeah, nothing about it appeals to me. I hate imagining, I hate fantastical. <laughs> I don't you like loathe. fantasy. Mm-hmm. Science fiction, fantasy, all that kind I of stuff. I don't like it. I, I, mm-hmm. I, why am I apologizing? That's who I am. I don't like it. All right. Don't give it the to me. I'll, I'll throw it back in your face. I'll send it back to the kitchen. This is the last one. And I got a feeling I know exactly <laughs> how you're going to react to it. Put yourself back in 2008. You are living in that studio apartment. Mm-hmm. And I deliver to you a fresh brand spanking new pair of Ugg boots. Do you love them or do you loathe them? I love them. I love them. And here's the thing, Scott. That I I want to tell you about Ugg boots because my mom got me a pair for Christmas way before they were popular. And now they, I mean, it's 2023 now. They've gone through so many ups and downs and cycles of popularity. And I don't even know if they're cool anymore. I wear Uggs still. It's the same pair? Do you wear Uggs from 2008? Which is sadder, wearing Ugh. Uggs that you got in 2008 or or Uggs that you purchased in 2023? I guess it's the ones you purchased because what are you doing? <laughs> it's 2023, I guess. But you remember, I don't remember if in 2008 they were at the height of being cool. So I, I won't remember this. All I know is I received a gift of Uggs from my mom before they were cool, before they had gotten that label as of cool, before they'd been anointed. And mm-hmm. I thought these are really biz- like crazy looking and ugly. And my mom like somehow knew, like she had her finger on the pulse of cutting edge fashion. So when they became popular, I already had a pair and I've always remained, I, I remain forever grateful to my mom for boosting me to the next level of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> a title, a title I've worn you, to this day. Boost- yeah. <laughs> then Ellie Kemper, the next level of fashion. What level do you think that is? Two. Like if she boosted you to the next level on a scale, like if there were 10 levels, where do you think? I fall on a scale of one to 10 fashion, like an eight or a nine. <laughs> 10 is the most fashionable? 
I, that was a joke, but oh. but I did it just to see your reaction. Yeah, and my was, reaction was, was wide-eyed jaw drop. It was the cartoon <laughs> jaw dropping. It was it was McCain. The revelation that McCain was on for it. <laughs> he, he lied to Letterman. No, this <laughs> this uh yeah no no the next the next um level is yeah it boosted me from from one to two. Why are you making me say it out loud? I'm not a fashionable person. No, you're pretty fashionable. No, I'm not. But Ugg, do you think Ugg? Did, is it short for ugly? I, it's U-G-G. So yeah, well, I know it's U-G-G, but like, where does it come from? Well, I from? don't know. <laughs> but well, I'm asking you to guess. Do you think that, do you think no. that they were like, damn, these, these are ugly. No, and Let's change, and change your accent it. because they're from Australia. I believe it's an Australian Good eye, Mike. Yeah. Look at these ugly, ugly yes, knickers I you. got. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't think that, well, I, I don't think they're, I don't, does, is ugly, I don't, I don't. I, I don't know, because I don't, I don't know if that Let's would... put another shrimp on the barbie and wear these ugly. <laughs> so maybe it did come from uh, ugly. Short, <laughs> ugly is short for ugly in Australian. I convinced you. You did. <laughs> well, it was the final impression you did with the shrimps on the barbie. Yeah. Yeah, it's not so much an impression, it's just an accent, that I, a masterful one. All right, Ellie. Well, I have loved this trip down memory lane, uh, memory lane back to 2008, one of the greats. Did Any you final say thoughts? Memberly Lane? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it back to one. Well, Ellie, I've loved this trip down memory lane. Going to... <laughs> <laughs> what if you always said memory is memberly and I never corrected you? All right, let me try it again. Oh, well, that was sad. You know what I loved, Ellie? I loved this trip down memberly lane. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I have I'm a distinct memberly of you. The problem is I'm doing it purposely each time, but I can't stop from laughing. It's so... I think my favorite memberly of you is that swimming video, to be perfectly honest. Oh, do you know I what? Mean, that, uh, I, was I regret that memberly so bad. I was reading a article on how to improve your short-term memberly. You have to eat a lot more vitamin... I think it's vitamin A. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> the thing that makes me worried about the short-term memberly thing is that is that is that if you do the things for short-term memberly, does that hurt your long-term memberly? No, but in Cats, the song memberly... It's my favorite song. Ha, ha, Rememberly. Yes. <laughs> All right, Scott, as always, thanks for the memberlies. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to Born to Love. We'll be back next week with brand new things that we love. We want to hear from you. Leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and tell us what you love. We might even ask one of our guests in an upcoming Love It or Loathe It. Born to Love is hosted and created by Ellie Kemper and Scott Eckert. Our executive producer is Aaron Kaufman. Our producers are Sheena Ozaki and Zoe Denkla. Born to Love is part of Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network in collaboration with iHeart Podcasts. Special thanks to Han Sani, Rachel Kaplan and Adriana Cassiano, Michael Fails, Alex Coral, and Bahid Frazier. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.